Hey there, folks. This is John with the Bucky Cast. Welcome to another episode of the Bucky Cast. An episode I have been dying to get out for a couple of days now. I just haven't had the time, but now is as good a time as any. This is actually going to be a much longer uh, episode, but I'm going to stick strictly with football-related stuff for this one. Uh, tomorrow is going to be released the first of the uh, opponent preview interviews. And that one, um, I haven't quite decided who I'm going to go with yet, um, but I'm going to figure that out and drop that tomorrow. It'll probably be Indiana, but uh, we'll wait and we'll wait and see. Um, I, I, I have a lot to choose from. Let me put it that way. But um, looking looking like I'll start with a Big Ten opponent, then I'll probably go in a more sequential order after that. But um, anyway. Uh, then on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, a, a, just a smorgasbord of stuff from the other sports. Men's basketball's got news. Women's basketball's got news. Men's soccer has news. Uh, I'm going to do the season preview for men's soccer. And then right after that, uh, we're going to release the interview I did with men's soccer players Tim Bilek and uh, Jack Finnegan. So that is coming up uh, on Wednesday. And then after that, I'm going to be releasing more of those opponent preview interviews. Uh, there's a women's volleyball preview that we've got to get out, women's soccer preview. There's going to be a lot of content dropping. I mean, normally I'm a podcast about once a week, maybe if it's slow, once every two weeks. But things are going to ramp up now because the season's almost upon us for football. So there's a lot of news there. And then on top of that, there's all the other fall sports that are starting up. Uh, including the three I mentioned before. Uh, it won't be long before women's hockey, men's hockey, men's basketball, women's basketball will be kicking into gear. Um, wrestling as well. So anyway, let's get started with some football news. Uh, some news I missed from the la- from last week's podcast. Uh, I forgot to mention a few award lists that uh, the Badgers have put some players on. First of all, for the Maxwell Award, the other MVP of college football award. The Heisman is the more famous, but that's pretty much now like a, a, the best quarterback in college football award. Uh, so the Maxwell award um, is, is presented by a totally different body than the Heisman trophy. And uh, right now, Wisconsin has two folks on the watch list. Braylon Allen, of course, our starting running back. And there's a fly trying to attack me. He's trying to stop the Braylon Allen news. Curses. Uh, but also uh, Tanner Mordecai, uh, the Badgers' presumptive starting quarterback come opening day. So uh, two players on the Most Valuable Player award list. And then uh, also we have for the Nagurski Trophy, the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, which is given to the best defensive player in college football, Muma Jongmeta. Muma has made the uh, list for that. So that's that's an important list to be on. Frankly, I think Muma's going to have a huge year. Um, just based on how this defense works, I think he's going to be right in the middle of everything. So that'll be interesting to see if he wins that one. And then finally, uh, this is a lesser known award, but we still have a... I even have to convince myself this is actually an award. Uh, but it is. I've seen it before. The Patrick Manley Award which has been in existence for quite a few years now, and it's given to the nation's best long snapper. That's right. Long snappers are people, too. They do the most important job in college football. In fact, you never want to hear their names. If you never hear their names, you know they did a really great job. 
because that means that they snapped the ball and there were no bad snaps. Whenever you see a field goal get missed because of a bad snap, whenever you see a punt, a snap for a punt fly over the punter's head, that is almost always a problem with the long snapper. And they will get their name mentioned and you'll see them walking off the field, their head hanging because that's their job. Occasionally you'll see one make a tackle on uh, on punt returns. Uh, that doesn't happen terribly often, but um, anyway, Wisconsin's Peter Bowden has been named to that uh, award list, preseason watch list. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's an award. It may not be a very prestigious award to some of you out there, not prestigious enough, but in my mind, you know, punters are people too. They deserve as much recognition as they can get. Wait a minute. This is a long snapper award. Long snappers are people too. See how easy it is to screw up special teams. It's a, it's a long snapper. It's the long snappers award. Ah, it was so hard. And on top of that, I didn't do the beer round table yet either. We have to do the beer round table. I am tonight drinking from three sheeps brewing their lemongrass Pilsner. Um, Pilsners are one of my favorite beers just in general. Just I, I love the, um, the the especially the Czech style that has a little bit more bite to it than the, the Southern Germany Munich style Pilsners. Uh, but whenever you see a beer that says it's a Pilsner, um, it may or it may not be. Uh, people just like to throw that name on there. But um, for the most part, when you're dealing with craft beer, a Pilsner is a Pilsner. This is a lemongrass Pilsner, which means that they put lemongrass in it or some sort of extract of lemongrass. So it actually smells a little bit like lemongrass. It's, I, was, I was a little taken aback when I first smelled this one because I was like, wow, that's, that's lemony. Uh, you can taste a faint hint of it. Um, but it is, it is nice and crisp and sharp like a, a Pilsner should be. And most importantly, it's got that pleasant odor. I just love to stick my nose right in the foam. Most of the head's gone off of this one now. I poured it about three minutes ago. So it's the head has dwindled on it. Um, but this is still, oh, it's so tasty. Oh, whenever I take a, have to take a beer break here, I'm going to be sipping out of this. So beware beware. All right, let's move on to other news and notes. This also ties into last week's show when I talked a lot about expansion, college football realignment, and it looked like the Pac-12 might implode. And sure enough, last Friday, it imploded. Uh, Oregon and Washington were presented. The, the Pac-12 finally came out with their deal. It was not great. Um, about 20, maybe it could range from 20 to 25 million a year, depending on the number of subscribers, but it was all on Apple. It was on Apple TV, the streaming service. Um, 25 million would have been the least payout. Even that was the maximum of the deal. There was some talk of even 28, but even that would be less than what um, the big 12 was getting. Uh, nonetheless, they were going to have a big thing on Friday. It looked for a minute like the Pac-12 might actually stay together and be able to invite a couple more teams into it. And then a uh, catastrophe struck. Uh, either Oregon or Washington nixed the deal. We don't really know who. Uh, but one of the two contacted um, the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyavkov, had questions about the Apple deal, weren't satisfied with it, and announced that they were, in fact, going to accept an invitation into the Big Ten. Um, so 
when that happened, uh, that was followed pretty promptly uh, later on in the day by Arizona. And then I think on Saturday, Arizona State and Utah, all jumping ship to the Big 12. So the Pac-12 is is dead. Um, I was predicting this when, like for a month after USC and UCLA left. Well, I was premature, but only by a, by a, about a year. Um, they They did, in fact, completely collapse. So uh, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, all in what is left of the Pac-12, which is not a viable conference, come 2024. Uh, Last rumors were um, that Stanford and Cal might be looking into the ACC or the ACC might be looking into them. The Big 12 is not looking at any of those four schools. They're satisfied with what they got, which was the four corner schools out of the uh, Pac-12. So Oregon and Washington are coming into the Big Ten uh, come 2024. Um, Some fans happy, some fans not. I've seen a lot of apocalyptic articles saying this is the end of college football as we know it. The Pac-12 is no more. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. It does kind of suck because it really sucked all the oxygen out uh, out of the building for like a good month. Uh, so at least it's over now. The Pac-12 is, is done. I think everyone's just kind of waiting for next Tuesday when uh, August 15th rolls around and um, the teams that are going to declare for another conference have to do it by that point. And all eyes are on Florida State right now because they are exploring methods by which they can get out of that ironclad ACC contract that is paying them peanuts on the dollar. Um, Oregon and Washington did not get a great deal out of this. Um, They're more buying into their future in uh, like six or seven years when the Big Ten renegotiates its contract rather than now, because they're only going to make $30 million in their first year in the Big Ten, which is less than half of what the other teams in the Big Ten are making. And then from there, it's going to escalate by a small amount, a couple million a year, I think. Uh, for the next, for the remaining years, and then hopefully when the deal gets renegotiated, they'll come in as full partners into that money. Uh, it seems a little weird that Oregon and Washington are coming in with actually getting less money than Rutgers and Maryland are currently getting, especially Rutgers, but that's just the way it is uh, now with the realignment landscape. So that did come to pass um, for, for anyone who is completely and totally clueless as to what's happening in college sports right now. Uh, the Big Ten will be composed of 18 teams in 2024 at this point. We don't know what's going to happen by August 15th. If, if uh, the ACC winds up imploding um, or other teams decide to cleave off of, that's that's really the only place left is the ACC. No one's leaving the SEC. No one's leaving the Big 12 anymore. So it's pretty much the ACC watch right now. And so um, unless something radical and crazy happens with the ACC, the Big Ten will be 18 teams in 2024 moving forward, barring any further expansion. And that takes care of the uh, sort of uh, news and notes section. Um, let's launch into Badger football and we'll start off with camp news. Campus, camp is here. In fact, the first week of camp is pretty much in the books. Uh, the Badgers are practicing or were practicing just a short while ago, if, if not currently. Their final uh, their final practice in Platteville before they go back to UW. So they'll have to endure that you know hour and 45 minute, hour and a half ride back up to uh, Madison. But um, by all accounts, successful training camp so far. Uh, no major injuries to report. 
Uh, when camp started, there were a bunch of guys sitting out. Uh, Jake Renfro was seeing limited action. He's supposed to be the starting center. Um, he's now, I think, taking snaps with the second team was the last report I, I, I read. So that's good news. Um, they need Jake Renfro. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They absolutely have to have him healthy. Anything else is a diminution of the line. So Renfro needs to get healthy. Hopefully he'll stay healthy. He's had injury problems last season and now in the spring. So I hope they can get him to uh, stay intact. Um, Let's see here. Darian Varner started off uh, limited, but he has been seeing his practice reps now start to start to tick up. Darian Varner was the transfer from uh, Temple, who is who the Badger coaching staff are hoping is going to supply a pass rush from the defensive end position. They need defensive linemen who can rush the passer. They don't really have any proven defensive linemen who are big pass rush specialists. So they're really hoping for him to turn it up. Man, I have a tickly nose here. Hold on a second. Oh, got to scratch that nose. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Who else? Who else? I have to check my list. Thank goodness for lists, people. Aaron Witt. Aaron Witt is a popular injury topic. In fact, that's why I forgot him because he's always injured. Still not participating in practice yet. Um, Still working his way back from the mother of all foot lower leg injuries. Uh, He's not in a boot anymore, which is good. So I think he's doing like light work, but he's not taking any real practice reps yet. I would not expect to see him make an impact until probably um, maybe next year if he does it all or late this season at best. Uh, he's going to have to work his way a long way back. He's missed two, almost two full seasons of football. So actually he's missed, he has missed two full seasons of football. So uh, you gotta, you gotta hope that he'll come back. He looked like a monster in that uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl win against Wake Forest back in 2020. Um, Coming off the edge, giant wingspan Big, huge, huge arms, like a Sasquatch uh, in, in Scarlet and in Cardinal. And, I don't know. It's a bad analogy, folks. He's not. He doesn't look anything like Sasquatch. He's just a six foot five, two hundred forty pound guy. He's a Badger edge rusher, you know, in the mold of T.J. Watt. Maybe not as, maybe not that good, but they need him back. So. Hopefully uh, this bodes well for him uh, returning that he's at least got the, got the cast off. He's not rolling around with a scooter. He's not in a boot. One can only hope. Um, Any other big injury news? I don't believe we have any. I think that that is, Oh, I'm sorry. Max Lofi is also not participating. Um, Max Lofi. I, again, I forgot about him because he's always hurt. Um, Max Lofi was uh, one of the guys who was in line to back up uh, Jason Matre at um, that nickel corner safety um, position. And so I don't know if he's back to practicing or not yet. I haven't read anything about him, uh, unsurprisingly, because you usually don't hear about like nickel role backups getting back into their uh, backup role. But uh, we'll see if he's healthy for the start of the season. No, like I said, no major injuries to report yet. Um, Jamel Howard, I think, might have uh, tweaked his leg because he didn't participate in the practice. So that's that's about it. Um, which is which is great news, uh, frankly. So far, it sounds like wide receivers are absolutely dominating um, 
this this camp. Uh, I've seen a number of great plays. Um, Bryson Green has made a number of great plays. Shimmery DK had an OBJ style one handed grab for a catch. Will Pauling's evidently been been uh, burning things up, so the arrow is very high on him. Um, Skyler Bell also having a great camp. So it sounds really promising. Um, CJ Williams opened as the starter along with Shimmery DK and Will Pauling. So um, haven't heard anything bad about him. Really all the wide receivers have been making big plays. There were even a couple for uh, Quincy Burroughs, who is like, I think, seventh or eighth on the depth chart. And he was making some big plays. He mossed um, somebody in practice. Goodness. Um just knocked him, just caught the ball and just ran right over him. So uh used his used that six three height to his advantage. So that's that's definitely very promising. Um uh, no no bad reports from Tanner Mordecai. Sounds like Braden Locks had kind of an up and down start to fall camp, but he's a redshirt freshman. It's fall camp, it just started, it's only been a week. There's still plenty of time, all of, you know, three plus weeks left until the season starts. So I'm not too concerned about, um, you know, struggles at the beginning of fall camp. This is going to happen to a lot of people. Uh, as for the running backs, um, Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi, obviously, you know, still the one and two backs. Um, battle going on between Kade Yacomelli and Jackson Aker for that third running back spot. Uh, whoever wins that, the carries will probably be a little bit harder to come by. Wisconsin did not open camp with Clay Cundiff or Jack Eschenbach on their roster at tight end. In fact, both those guys not on the team anymore, which was kind of a surprise. Clay Cundiff, a um, couple of leg injuries, um, you know, just really gruesome injuries that happened on freak plays that you don't normally see a guy get really hurt on. But um, he was counting on being counted on to probably be the starting tight end. So he is not there. And Jack Eschenbach, who was in his sixth year, former walk-on, he also was a guy that was supposed to play a big role, one of those top three tight ends on the on the depth chart. Both those guys not in camp. So it looks like Riley Nowakowski, the former walk-on, uh, outside linebacker turned fullback, turned H-back, turned tight end, is going to open as the starter which is crazy to think about. Uh, Wisconsin really needs to do some recruiting at tight end. I know they really like Jack Pugh. They really like JT Seagreaves. Um, and they really like Grant Steck, who's coming in next year in uh, 2024. But um, they need, they probably are going to have to look for a transfer or something come this next off season because there is not a whole ton of depth. Um, I haven't heard anything about Cam Large or Cole Dakovich. Um, Tucker Ash- Ashcraft is still there as well. But, um, yeah, it's it, it really is weird to have, you know, a, a six-foot-one tight end, and that's your number one tight end, uh, especially at Wisconsin. So you, you got to wonder how the depth's going to be there. We'll see. Uh, the offensive line without Jake Renfro, obviously Tanner Bordellini is going to play center. Joe Huber is going to start at one of the guard spots. That is not the ideal lineup for Wisconsin. Uh, the ideal lineup is Bordellini at guard, Renfro at center, and Joe Huber kind of knocking around between all different positions on the interior of the line, filling in where necessary, maybe being a sixth offensive lineman if they really want to go heavy. 
which I don't know how much they're going to do in this air raid style offense, but I'm sure they have at least one play where they require more than five offensive linemen. Regardless, um, depth is not a experience. Depth is not a strong suit right now in Wisconsin's line. There's plenty of talent, but they are really thin at center. Carson Hinsman, who uh, went to Ohio State, is going to be starting there as a redshirt freshman. Wisconsin could really use him right now. Uh, that was a recruiting uh, mishap that, you know, the Badgers are, are going to, it looks like are going to regret pretty badly if Renfro cannot get healthy. So that is that is not a good thing. Um, some of the defenders who are making plays in camp um, include, uh, obviously, Muma Jongmeta, but uh, Jake Cheney sounds like he's having a great uh, start to camp. Um, they're just rotating linebackers in like crazy, uh, especially along the edges. Daryl Peterson seen some snaps. TJ Bowlers, Jeff Petrowski, um, Caden Johnson—they're all—they're all being thrown in there. Uh, Tatum Grass. Wisconsin's crazy deep at linebacker, so along the edges when they want—if they want to go to a two-four. Uh, five defense, I can totally see them having plenty of depth and and talent to do that. Um, the safeties are coming up big. Um, Hunter Wooler, it sounds like, is having a fantastic camp. He's going to play that dollar position, which is kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, but he is he's the kind of talent that you could seriously see having a great, great season doing that. Outside of that, uh, Amon Williams is another player, a former walk. Well, he he was a walk-on, walk-on junior cornerback who was at one time in the uh, two deep in that nickel cornerback role. Uh, he did not open uh, camp with the team, so I don't know if he's just gone off to do the student thing or if he's going to hit the transfer portal or what. He's no longer on the team, so cornerback is kind of in an interesting spot. Which brings me to recruiting news. Um, a little bit of recruiting news. First of all, the Badgers took another player out of the transfer portal, maybe in time for the 2023 season, maybe not. Uh, Michael Mack, the cornerback out of Air Force, six foot one, uh, either has two or three years of eligibility. I can never get a straight answer because one source will say two, one will say three. Um, but he is, uh, he was considered a pretty important pickup because he and Nizer four. God, I hate trying to pronounce the same. Nazir Forkreen are the two players, two transfers, who basically make up the depth at cornerback. Uh, outside of the three starters, which is Alexander Smith, Jason Matre, and Ricardo Holman, uh, Forkreen and Mack are the only other guys with a lot of experience. Virtually everybody else has none, especially with Amon Williams gone. Um you know, Max Lofi's injured, so that's another experienced player who's not available. So you're really stuck with a lot of uh, true freshmen, and that's not the ideal. Um, Jace, Jace Arnold and Jonas Duclona are seeing some run. Amari um, Snowden showed up to camp at uh, six foot four. Um, there are not a lot of six foot four quarterbacks around, period. Uh, we ain't the Seattle Seahawks, folks. There's there's no six four corners, but there is on Wisconsin now um, because he's here and evidently measured in at that height, which is amazing. Um, so Amari Snowden's looking to to wedge himself into early playing time there. 
But getting back to Michael Mack, um, questions as to whether he's going to be eligible for this season. I mean, they just literally added him a couple of days before training camp, and they didn't really make a big announcement about it until he showed up at training camp and started practicing. So point being, uh, the Badgers, I think, are at their scholarship limit now. I think they, they dropped enough scholarships to where they are at their limit or one above. But um, anyway, they, they got, they've got that. The transfer portal is now closed for them for 2023. There's no way fall camp is open now for almost everyone. There's no one transferring into somebody's fall camp at this point, barring some kind of disaster uh, on another team. The Badgers also got in a second commit now for 2025. I almost said 2026. That would be amazing, frankly. Uh, no, for 2025. Uh, the rising juniors, um, Remington Moss, who I believe we've talked about before. Remington Moss uh, visited on July 29th for junior day, um, cousin of Brent Moss, the late Badger great at tailback, uh, six foot two, six one, six two, defensive back can play safety. They'd like him to play cornerback. I don't know if he's quite fast enough to play cornerback, but he can certainly give it a try. It's the sort of height Wisconsin wants at corner. Uh, at six foot two. He's out of Virginia. If he signs with Wisconsin, he'd be the first uh, recruit Wisconsin's gotten out of Virginia in um, in forever. I can't remember their last recruit from Virginia. I don't think they've had one, honestly, in the recruiting rankings era. So dating back to about 2000. Um, and he's a high three-star player too. Um, almost a four-star. In fact, I think he might be a four-star on at least one recruiting service. And I have a feeling he might grade himself up to a four-star by the time he's done. He's still got two years of high school left. So the Badgers adding, using a little bit of family uh, connection, sort of, and also the great recruiting of safety's coach Colin Hitchler to get into Virginia and snag another and snag a, a new commit for 2025. That's already two commits for 2025. Um, I'm sure the Badgers would be pleased to get, you know, three or four more over the course of the season. We'll see if they can do that. They've got some in-state guys they're after. Um, there's definitely a few home games coming up that are going to be big for selling recruits, especially that Ohio State game. Um, so regardless, adding Remington Moss, big deal. Um, Wisconsin already looking to try and get that secondary filled out. They've already got five defensive backs for they're all, I'm sorry, they're almost at five defensive backs for this recruiting class. Um, there's one more guy they're waiting on. Uh, Xavier Lucas is going to announce on Friday. He's out of Florida, out of the state of Florida, rated a four star by rivals. He's a high three star, according to uh, 247. Uh, they are waiting to see what he decides. Um, he loves Florida State, but also Iowa and Wisconsin are in the mix. And things are looking good for Wisconsin. So we'll see if they add him. If they did add him, that would bring them to five defensive backs after they brought in six in the, this current recruiting class. So um, it's not going to take much to fill out that recruiting class for 2025 in terms of defensive backs. I'm thinking probably two cornerbacks, um, two safeties. That should be plenty. Uh, let's see here. What other news do we have? We forgot, I forgot all about Big Ten Media Days. I didn't even mention it in the last podcast because I don't think it had quite happened at that point. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke Fickle was there, um, gave a great interview. Um, 
I don't, I honestly don't remember much about um, what Braylon Allen said, what Tanner Mordecai said, uh, what Muma Jong Mehta said. They were all there. Uh, Muma Jong Mehta wearing the uh, classic uh, dark red suit where you can't tell if it's purple or red. It's it's in that area. And I just I thought about posting a poll question: What color is this? And then giving four options. But I thought, no, no, I'm sure I'll be corrected by a fashionista who's going to say it's actually fuchsia and I, it, it's not I know what fuchsia is but anyway that's all I remember about the players being there was that Muma had a really nice suit uh but uh Luke Fickle came flat out and said look our goal is one thing we, we want to win championships and that really stuck with me he wasn't he didn't uh you know we're going to play together as a team we're just going to go out and do our best no our goal is to win championships period that's what he's going to be measured on that's what everyone's going to know about him, whether or not he wins championships. He That's the yardage marker that he has to meet, is winning championships. That's it. So uh, it's going to be really hard in an 18-team Big Ten to get into that Big Ten title game. We're almost to the point where they could split into pods and have like a 14 playoff for the big title. But uh, we aren't there quite yet. But we could be, eventually. But anyway, getting into the top two in an 18-team league is going to be really hard. Uh, but Luke Fickle, has that's the bar he set. That is the bar that we are at. And we'll see if Wisconsin can manage to meet that or not. Uh, with a 12-team college football playoff, who knows? You may only need to finish third or fourth in the Big Ten to, to qualify for that. But he's got to set it up so that they can compete with those big teams. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC. Oregon, uh, Washington's no slouch. Um, neither is Michigan State when they're on. Iowa's still around. All the other teams, you know, could have a year where they jump up and bite you. It's going to be tough. It will be a slog. But that is his. that was what he said would be his goal. So that's what we're sticking with. Um, anyway, that is that is about all the team news I think I have. Uh, Jay, Braylon Allen weighed in at camp at 245 pounds, 245 pounds. If he gets, you don't want him in your secondary. He's like Ron Dane then. He'll just run over your defensive backs. Don't, don't let him get in the secondary. So the camp has begun. Uh, we have a few, uh, we have more than a few offers to talk about. Um, I went over a lot of uh, huddle film this last week. I watched and rewatched a lot of it. And I can honestly say that with, I would, the Badgers have in the last week offered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys, 12 in the 2025 class, one in the 2026 class. I can almost honestly say they probably don't have really a shot at about 10 of them. And with the other three, it's probably like, eh, maybe. Uh, a lot of offers going out to very popular recruiting grounds. Um, safety Ethan Long, who's out of the Brunswick School in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, you know, one of those classic, um, you know, center fields. A lot of these players were uh, safeties in high school or are safeties in high school. And a lot of them are just, they're playing that classic, playing way back in the uh, secondary and then just, coming up with their incredible speed and sticking runners in the backfield. 
or they're playing back there and just gathering up the garbage, tip passes, they're there for them, just being in the right place at the right time, reading the quarterback's eyes, coming up and picking it off. Those are the kinds of safeties that um, Wisconsin is is really looking for, those players who can hold up the back end, because that used to be a huge problem for the Badgers. It, It was a huge problem for the Badgers. We don't know if they've entirely solved it yet, but they're trying for those sorts of athletes. So Ethan Long was one of those players that was offered from, that fits that mold. Jeremiah Gillis, who they may actually have a shot at, at least getting in the door with, uh, from St. Francis Academy in Maryland. He's another 2025 safety. Um, also, and a tall kid, too. 6'1", 170. Um, slight, but tall. Uh, Sile Reyes, who is from DeSoto High School in Texas, local prep powerhouse down there. I don't know that the Badgers have a shot at him. He's already a four-star composite player for 2025. Um, That's a hard place to get into for defensive backs is Texas, especially the high-end defensive backs, because the entire SEC and Big 12 are roaming around down there, now mostly the SEC, along with your Ohio States and your Michigans, looking for these tall safeties and cornerbacks. So that one might be a lost cause. Uh, there are a couple other guys here. Mason Alexander is another interesting player out of Hamilton Southeastern High School in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, he is another taller cornerback, six foot, a really good cover guy. Uh, I think if the Badgers want to make an effort, they can certainly try. He doesn't have any of the really big offers yet. Indiana and Purdue have come in. I don't think Notre Dame has yet. I believe Penn State did. Penn State has offered virtually everyone that I have taken a look at. For 2025, um, they're evidently taking a shotgun approach to 2025 and just spraying offers on everyone. But, you know, I guess if you're Penn State, you can afford to do that. Uh, So that was another guy. Ivan Taylor out of Florida, uh, West Orange High School in Winter Garden. Uh, That's another place where, you know, they, they they grow these kids on trees, pluck them off, put them on the field, and they go off to college and then the pros. He is a four-star already, a smaller guy at 5'11", 175. I don't think the Badgers are going to get in on that one. If they do, I'll consider I'll have a whole new viewpoint on our recruiting efforts down in the state of Florida because everybody wants that dude. Uh, some defensive tackles were offered. Actually, I'm sorry, one defensive tackle was offered. Uh, Brandon Brown, who is from Ogal High School, in uh, Melbourne, Florida. I have to look over at all these. There's no way I can memorize that many recruits, locations, and and film in my head. Um, Brandon Brown is sort of a shorter defensive tackle, kind of squat, uh, a little bit bigger than Curtis Neal, kind of that same game, though, a penetrator. He's really powerful, though. He can knock a guy, you see him a lot, knock an offensive lineman backwards out of their stance um, the second he fires off the ball. So he's got really strong hands, really strong shock value to that push. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to group these guys all together and it's not working out well. There were some wide receiver offers. Uh, Lex Cyrus, who is out of Susquehanna Township High School over in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's Penn State's backyard. Um, I don't know that he's going to get out of the state of Pennsylvania. Um, otherwise, you know, it would be another uh, kind of Eastern Pennsylvania kid that, you know, we can maybe use our secret recruiting ace for the East Coast. Uh, Colin Hitchler on, but um, this is another guy who's rated pretty highly. Um, not a four-star yet. He's only 5'11", 165, but still uh, has a really good game. Um, Dalen McCutcheon, I feel like there are 8 million Dalen McCutcheons in the world, and they all play football. 
a wide receiver out of Cardinal Newman in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, this guy's film was a lot of uh, people playing zone coverage and him just running in between the players, not getting covered and catching touchdown passes. I have a hard time taking a player, a wide receiver prospect seriously. I mean, obviously he's got some talent, but if they're not even going to cover you, it's it's the same worth as Graham Mertz's tape versus Illinois back in 2020. You know, no one's covering them. How hard can it be to hit him with a pass? Uh, so, yeah, when you're running unopposed down the field, um, it's really easy to score a lot of touchdowns. I'm not saying he's not talented, folks. He is, but it was it it's it wasn't exactly a tape that was representing how great he was at running his routes or what great hands he had or his blocking ability. It was just him scoring touchdowns by running around people. Uh, another wide receiver that they offered was uh, Nashawn Montgomery. This was much more impressive to me because he had blocking highlights for like the last minute of his huddle film. It was just nothing but him blocking guys downfield and taking them out of bounds, taking them down. That's what he did. Way, way more impressive. Made some tough catches. Um, I, I liked it, but unfortunately, I don't think they have much of a shot here either. He is out of... Uh, I'm sorry, he's out of Cardinal Newman. Where was uh, Dale? Uh, Dale McCutcheon was out of Lovejoy. Sorry, they're right above each other on my on my phone list here. Dale McCutcheon's out of Lovejoy, Texas, which is another football powerhouse in the state of Texas besides DeSoto. Cardinal Newman is where uh, Naeem Burroughs is out of. Or Nashawn, Naeem, Nashawn Montgomery. I don't know where Naeem Burroughs jumped into my <laughs> Where did he come from? Uh, Nate Sean Montgomery. Uh, yeah, so another great player out of the state of Florida. Wisconsin's probably wasting their time, but it's worth tossing a scholarship at him just to see what might happen. Um, other than that, uh, let's see here. Caleb Williams is a defensive lineman out of Mataoka High School in Chesterfield, Virginia. Um, looks like a really good player. Um, trying to remember here if he was a... Four star. He's a three star defensive end. He's got good size for the four, for the three four or three three six five and a half, two hundred and sixty pounds. So pretty decent. He looks like a good playmaker, but I can't really tell from watching his huddle because it's twelve minutes of what looks like somebody filming through a telescope. Um, they could be a they could be a block away for all I know. Um, and uh, you can see a little dot. The arrow that's supposed to be pointing at him is sometimes pointing at a different player, or he's so small that it looks like it's pointing at a different player. So I missed a lot of his plays uh, anyway, but he looks, when I do see him, he's making the tackle or making a sack or doing something. So it's just, there's not a lot of, you can tell when the guy's really, really small. And in a mass of, at that, at that distance, you're sort of in a mass of other defensive linemen. It really takes some watching and rewatching to figure out what you're doing correctly. So, um, but he's, he's got to have some talent, folks. He's a three-star according to the ratings people, and they know way more than I do. It was just a very off-putting uh, huddle film. Anyway. Uh, one other offer that went out, or two other offers that went out, one was to edge Max Granville, who's out of Fort Bend Christian Academy, which is located in Sugar Bend, Texas. This dude's crazy. This guy should be a high five-star player. He's so fast and nasty. It was scary to watch. Uh, coming off the edge, he was a blur. Uh, they showed him just knocking guys on their butt as he went past and then tackling the quarterback. 
he's running all over the field. He looks like a he looks like he's got safety speed and size, but he's so strong coming off the edge that it was just, he looked like death to quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin's going to get him. Um, I wish they would, but he looks like he's ticketed for much uh, much bigger things that involve a much larger NIL payment than we're going to be able to afford. But the Badgers did throw out a scholarship offer to him. Six, two and a half, 215 pounds. And looked like he was just flying like a blur around the field. Um, yeah, four-star player already on the 247 composite. And then finally, Michael Carroll, an interior offensive lineman, Central Bucks East High School in Doylestown, which I think is located somewhere in the western part of Pennsylvania. I don't know that Wisconsin is going to have a shot at Carroll. He's already been heavily invested in by Michigan and Penn State. Um, based on his based on his Twitter, I'm sorry, his his uh, profile in the app, formerly known as Twitter, now X. Um, he is a uh, he has got all sorts of irons in the fire recruiting wise, especially in the Big Ten and nationally too. Interior offensive lineman, nasty dude. Uh, needs to be taught some better form because a lot of his plays are him grabbing a guy by the shoulder pads, twisting him down and throwing him on the ground, which is, uh, I'm no referee, but I'm pretty sure that's holding anywhere else. Um, he's either doing a really good job of camouflaging his hands or the referees aren't looking at him because when I see a guy twist like this while he's flailing with his arms, that usually means he's being held. Um, so unless he's got the power of magnetism, I don't know how he's doing it. But um, anyway. Beer break. In the sore throat there. Uh, anyway, don't know that Wisconsin's going to get involved in that one, but um, he's still he's still a powerful, nasty dude. I mean, here at the Bucky Cast, we say if you are a mean offensive lineman, like you play through the whistle and sometimes a little bit beyond, and put your guy on the ground and keep him on the ground, those are the kind of offensive linemen that you know we want at Wisconsin. And he certainly does that. He just has to get his form cleaned up. So he's a big, powerful dude. Um, would be nice to get involved in that recruitment. We'll see what happens. Um, don't know if we have a secret weapon to deploy in Western Pennsylvania. I've, you know, we 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 got Jordan Meyer out of there, but you know that was that that might have been a one-time shot. That was prior to this coaching staff, at any rate. Jordan Meyer, by the way, also getting some run in camp with uh, with the second team. So he has he has made his presence felt already. I have a feeling we're going to see good things out of him. Really like Jordan Meyer. Finally, one last player, 2026 athlete Marcelo Vitti, uh, who is out of Divine Child High School. It is Divine Child, right? Yes, Divine Child in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, this guy, if he doesn't make it as a defensive back, uh, as a return specialist and a running back, he's dynamite. Uh, has has breakaway speed, can just go around guys when he gets to the edge, can hit a hole and just zip right through it. Patient fouls his blockers, varies his speed uh, to get to either catch up to a pass or slow down for it. Just displays tremendous balance and instincts. Um, I don't think he's going to get out of Michigan, or if he gets out of Michigan, he'll, he'll go as far as Ohio and, and stop. But... Um, if the Badgers could get in on that, that would be fantastic because he looks like a really, really good athlete. Um, he had some good uh, defensive back film as well, but what what blew me away was his abilities as a running back. I was really excited about him in that in those terms. 
But that's a 2026 recruitment. We don't know yet how big he's going to blow up to be. That's it for recruiting news. That was a lot of recruiting news. We don't normally have that in the beginning of August, but the Badgers just uh, had, they had, the staff had a couple days. They started throwing out scholarships like they were Oprah on her her, uh, show, just handing out TVs or cars or whatever else she wants to hand out to the audience. We were handing out scholarships to four-star players. Well, that concludes this episode of the BuckyCast. Like I said, there will be another episode in a couple of days where we're going to go over the other sports, lots of other sports news to talk about, uh, men's soccer preview coming up. Um, like I said, all this week, next for the next three weeks, uh, keep checking out our, um, our YouTube. Uh, keep checking on Twitter. We're going to be dropping um, a bunch of different interviews for a bunch of different Badger opponents coming up here in 2023 on the football schedule. Um, there's going to be a men's soccer interview in a couple of days uh, with, uh, like I said, Tim Bilek and um, Jack. Oh, I'm tripping all over myself, Jack Finnegan. And then uh, we are also going to try and do a women's volleyball preview. Um, in addition to that, get, get a women's volleyball interview, get a women's soccer interview. I have to do a women's soccer preview. Lots of stuff coming up. You can expect probably a podcast every day, if not if every other day, if not every day for the next few weeks. It's a busy time. It's time to get talking to people and get excited for this upcoming season. It's almost upon us. The women's soccer team has already played their exhibition match. Uh, first exhibition, uh, not exhibition, their first scrimmage. My apologies. Their first scrimmage of the season. So it's upon us now. It's time. Time to get excited for the Wisconsin Badgers. Again, you can follow us at the BuckyCast on Twitter, or you can check out our YouTube channels, just the BuckyCast. Uh, otherwise, go ahead and shoot us an email, thebuckycast43 at gmail.com. Love to get emails from people. Haven't gotten one in a long time from a from a listener or a fan. Would love to hear hear from you guys. Always want to hear from you guys. Uh, until the next time we uh, we talk to each other, which will be, well, we won't talk to each other. I'll talk to you. You send me emails. That'll be the communication. Or, or fire us a DM on Twitter. Love to hear from you on Twitter, too. Uh, anyway, until the next time, folks, this is John from the Bucky Cast saying peace out, people.